Hey everybody, happy Tuesday, October 18th. I'm recording this on late Monday evening as the Penguins do suffer their first loss of the season. They're now 2-0-1 and and going into Thursday's game against Los Angeles Kings, a 3-2 defeat to the Montreal Canadiens in overtime, a lead that they let slip away in the third period of game that you know they probably deserve to lose, but I also don't think they should should have also blown that lead with 2.30 to go, if that makes sense. I'll explain it a little more in depth as we get into the episode, but there's a whole lot more bad than good for this game. We're going to get all into that, plus so much more for this full game recap coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So the Penguins drop a three to two heartbreaker in overtime off of a Kirby Doc power play goal against the Canadians. 2-0-1, let's jump right into it. So first period, definitely not the Penguins' strongest period of the season. Um, you know, you look at natural stat trick, and, you know, that confirms what, kind of what I saw. I saw some people say that it was a, a decent first period. I, if, if you can, if you want to argue that, sure. I thought it was meh. At best, they were very lucky, or fortunate, I should say, to come out of that period tied, especially with, you know, the Canadians had 67% of the shot attempts that period, 68% of the scoring chances, and 56% of the expected goals. They had much the, – the majority of the chances of the Penguins were, you know, <clears throat> skating in the mud that entire period, and Casey DeSmith was just bailing them out time after time after time. So no goals that were scored. But if there were was one that was going to be scored, um, it probably was going to be Montreal. But, you know, the funny thing is – Danton Heinen almost had a goal just a couple minutes in. It looked like it was in it first, but it was basically just a double doink for him. And then Brian Rust, really nice pad save by um, Sam Montembeau on, on him. I think if he's able to take that one clean on his forehand at the right side of the net, beautiful pass from Evgeny Malkin, by the way. If he's able to take that little cleaner, I think he's able to roof that. <clears throat> um, over the pad, but just because it was kind of at an angle, his backhand was right w- with it, just wasn't able to get just that clean of a look. And that, you know, that was why Montembeau was able to make a really nice save and rob <coughs> Rost of, of a sure goal nine other times. Um, second period comes around, then the Penguins started to skate. And it looked like, you know, the better team, you know, was finally coming through. You know, they're, they're out chancing them, they're out attempting them. In the, in the second period, the Penguins had 51% of the shot attempts, they also had 52% of the scoring chances, 85% of the high danger chances, and 60% of the expected goals. Very good period by the Penguins. Evgeny Malkin gets his second goal of the season. A beautiful Geno bomb, as you will, from that beautiful that right side, right by the boards. Montembeau, no chance on it. Then gets his third goal of the season, crashing the net, burying a Jason Zucker has to make it 2-0, then the Penguins go up 2 to nothing, going into <clears throat> the, the second intermission. And at that point, you're like, okay, you're playing a bad team. You don't want to turtle, but you also don't want to give them too many quality chances. Well, the Penguins did both of those in the third period. I thought the third period was easily 
the worst period of this game. And the funny thing is the Penguins actually out-attempted the Canadians in that period. They had 54% of the shot attempts, um, 62% of the scoring chances, but they lost the high-danger battle 3-2, and Montreal also had 61% of the expected goals Excuse me. in that period. Just really bad skating. Casey and Smith couldn't do it all by himself. The first goal, it's hard to really blame him for that just because he lost track of it. Definitely one I think that he would want back a little bit just because he thought he thinks he has it. It's behind him the entire time. But then Suzuki's able to corral it, come around, wrap it, wrap it around. Puck goes in. He's just standing there. Um, to Smith, maybe he needs a little bit better awareness to make sure he has the puck in that situation. But, you know, he usually makes that save 9 out of 10 times. You know, just wasn't able to do it there. And then the second goal – just really poor defense. And then the third goal, um, same thing on the penalty kill. Funny enough, I, I'm, I'm, we're going to do a little bit of an X's and O's breakdown for you all right now. If I can find the, and I believe, you know, that that was the, that, that was the overtime goal that I had, but we're going to go into, so I'm going to pull up this tweet here um, on the YouTube page. So, but I'll explain it to you all for the audio like I would for the video, if that makes um, all the sense. Okay. So you all can see my screen right now. Let's go to Chris Max Twitter. So you all can see this right here. So the Penguins, they have Crosby up top. They have a, a defender right there. They have Jake Gensel at the top right there, Crystal Tang, and then Brian Dumoulin. And I believe that's um, Ricard Raquel. Sorry. I, no, that's actually not Ricard Raquel. That is Jeff Carter up there. Why Jeff Carter is on a, on a six on five situation, I have absolutely no idea. So it's a set play. Canadians, they win it back to the point. They're able to slide it down the board just a little bit. But if you see right here, Crosby's doing his job. Carter, maybe he shouldn't allow that pass to get through. But Dumoulin, he's guarding his man right here. But what are Chris Letang and Jake Gensel doing? I think mainly Jake Gensel is the main one to fault here. It looks like he drifted too far up. And he's way out of position. Gallagher's not really going to do anything right here with the puck. And you're leaving Cole, leaving Cole Caulfield, who is, I think, the Canadians' best goal scorer, wide open at the doorstep. There's no chance to Smith is able to save this. That pass cannot get through. You have five skaters on the ice. There is no reason this cross-scene pass right across the ice should get to Cole Caulfield. It should be an easy interception and easy clear. Something and but it wasn't just because Jake Gensel I'm not I don't usually like to blame him just because he's not usually doing a lot of stupid stuff but you know he drifted too far up and that left Caulfield open Latang I also don't really know what he's doing here I think Dumoulin has his man in front of the net I know the Canadians also have a player behind the net but he's not going to be getting the puck in that situation Latang he needs to drift up a little bit more and he also needs to try and intercept that pass like Gensel should be doing as well those are the two main players that I am kind of blaming on this goal. They they looked absolutely lost, if you ask me. So there's a little bit of a breakdown for the tying goal with Cole Caulfield. Really nice job by Marty St. Louis to be aggressive on calling that timeout with 226 left. I thought he was going to wait till about the 132 minute mark, but you know he saw he had an offensive zone faceoff. He called the timeout. They drew up a play. It looked like that was the exact one they drew up. I'm sure it was. And they were rewarded by it. 2-2 to 
tied game. Now, let's get to the next goal here. If I can, I'm going to share my screen yet again for you all. We're going to do some more X's and O's stuff. This comes courtesy of Danny Shire. He put, he was able to put this on here. Um, you look here, right? So four on three, the Penguins, they're doing their little diamond thing on the penalty kill. 153 left, 40 seconds on the penalty kill. So at the top, you have this Montreal player right here. He's getting, he has the puck on his stick. Okay, Penguins, they're doing a great job taking away this passing lane to Kirby Dock right there. Dumoulin's there, Carter's there. I believe that's Josh Archibald on the other side. Don't know why he's even in that situation to begin with. I would rather have a lot of other players like Brock McGinn um, killing that penalty. Um, right now, Brian Dumoulin, he is way too high. Um, he needs to be down a little bit more. Carter, he's in the lane right now, which is good. But if you fast forward to this next frame here, Carter, for some reason, decides to, oh, okay, I'm just going to drift away like I'm in a 50-mile-per-hour tropical storm down in Florida or something like that. And, oh, look, Kirby Dock, wide open the side. That is an easy pass, tap, and goal, and that is how Montreal wins the game. Dumoulin is also way out of position. I have no idea what he is doing on this play. Both players are absolutely out to lunch. I can't even really blame the other player, which, I, again, is Josh Archibald, because he's doing his job by covering this player right by the side of the net, the top, the point guy. I'm not really concerned about that at all with Caulfield, but with Doc at the side of the net, two players, you're right here. You cannot allow that pass to get through. Carter can't drift over like that. Dumlin can also not be up that high. And he can also just, you know, also he's kind of drifting as well. Just really piss poor play by the Penguins um, defensively on both sequences, stuff they're going to have to clean up down the stretch and you know with Dumoulin you know he was a big question mark for me coming into this year um definitely hasn't answered some of them to say at least he he looked washed tonight in this game he, he was not good enough on that overtime goal neither was Jeff Carter and also again you know the those three players that they have on the ice at that time Josh Archibald Brian Dumoulin and Jeff Carter those are the three guys you want out there in high leverage situ situations I, I don't know man I don't know. That's Mike Sullivan. He knows way more about hockey than I ever will. Totally get that. Top three to five, top three coach in the league. I'll never say a bad word about him. That said, you know, is is that the deployment you want when the game with the game on the line? And a, a player in Carter who was on the ice for the game tying goal, and then someone who his defensive impacts were just crap down the stretch. Dumoulin, a player who looked bad for a lot of stretches of last season, did not look good again tonight. And then Archibald, who, you know, fine player. I'm not really blaming him, him for the goal, but do you really want him out there with the game on the line? I don't know. You know, just weird coaching decisions, I think, for the Penguins. Are. I would be much more comfortable with someone like, you know, Paling on the ice, Brock McGinn. If you want to put Jan Ruta out there, heck, even Kasperi Captain, I think I would rather have him out there killing that penalty because, you know, he's actually done a pretty good job of it. Um, so definitely some weird decisions with that i think to say the least but that wraps up this first segment with some x's and o's of what went wrong with the last couple of goals and just a full summary of everything that went on coming up in the second segment we're going to get into uh, some of the positives that i did take away from this game and just you know how i feel about the overall direction of the of you know where this team is going in just three games of the season and yes we're going to touch on some 
weird hot takes that I have seen going around. Um, you know, the you know, the universe. Well, I guess the penguins Twitterverse and every everywhere that I see penguins content. But if you haven't tried the built bar puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You can run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with, uh, with protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You can go to built.com right now, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Sorry about that. I had to mute my mic to just cough up just a little bit. Anyways, um, getting to some of the positive performances from tonight. Um, I hope everyone that you know, that does not listen to the YouTube, that's not, how do I want to say this? I hope everyone that d- doesn't watch on YouTube is able to understand my explanations um, of went wrong on the goals through just audio. If you did not, um, let me know and I'll be in. in you know, I'll do a, I'll try to do an even better job next time. But I do want to incorporate more X's and O's into this show. You know, I, I know numbers are great, but <clears throat> I want to, you know, take you all into why this play happened and what the Penguins need to do next time to make sure that this kind of play does not burn them in the end. So again, let's get into some positives. Let's start with Casey DeSmith. I thought he had a really strong game. He bailed them out. Um, of course, the, the skaters, the defensemen, and the forwards numerous occasions some great glove saves his movement looked really strong was playing aggressive in front of his crease um again the first goal probably one that he wants back second and third he had no chance on but you know this was a very encouraging performance i think on most nights where the team plays well he wins them this game he made a lot of very again a lot of very timely saves a lot of strong saves no he was not out of place in this one. He did not look like the DeSmith that we saw in the early portions of last season where he was struggling a lot. He looked like the DeSmith that we saw in the second half of last season and during this entire preseason. Very strong performance from him. Excited to see him get some more starts to take away uh, from Tristan Jarrett just because he can't be playing 60 to 65 games this year. I mean, you, no, you, you do that, you're just going to burn him to the ground. Um, he'll, he'll be gassed by the time the playoffs come around. So, Really good stuff from him. Evgeny Malkin, two-goal night, has three goals in three games. Um, I will say this, and I tweeted this on my on my Twitter account. During the game, I'll say it again here. All right? There are a lot of dumb people on this app that said during the offseason, oh, yeah, Malkin's not going to make the Penguins a better team. Go out and sign Vince Trocek or Andrew Kopp. Well, dude has three goals in three games. His skating looks better than I've seen better than I've ever seen in probably the last three to four years. He looks engaged. He made a beautiful defensive play with three minutes to go. And Montreal was really threatening to, to tie it before they did tie, where he's able to steal the puck from behind the net and basically exit the zone by himself. <clears throat> you know, he's on his game. 
right now. Averaging a goal per game is on an 82 goal pace, which is awesome. And I think he's starting to make a lot of people eat their words. And I know some people will say, well, it's only game three and stuff. Well, you know what? I wouldn't put it past him to keep playing like this entire season. He's not going to score 82 goals, but I think he's going to play at a very high level this entire season. And hey, maybe some of these people shouldn't be getting takes from someone who talks on an alternate rock radio station outside of Pittsburgh. But hey, that's just me. You know, I'm not going to um, say anything else on that. But he's off to a great start. Really happy about it, um, to say the least. POJ, I thought he had another really good game tonight. He was making good breakups it's in the defensive zone. There were multiple instances tonight where Montreal's coming in, almost on like a mini breakaway, and POJ is able to get back there, break the puck up. It goes to the corner. Penguins are going out the other way. Great plays from him. I want to see more of that from him as well. Offensively, I thought he was jumping into the rush as much as he can. Not as much as he did against Tampa Bay but still an improvement from where he was against Arizona. I thought, honestly, he was their best defenseman on the ice tonight. I don't think it was ridiculous, any close. Latang and Jumlin were brutal. Petrie had an awful game. Ruta, fine. Pedersen, fine. But I think if you're asking me who the best defenseman on the ice tonight, it was POJ, um, and it was not close. So those were the, the main players that I had, you know, positive things to say about. Well, I should say, I'll throw Danton High in there. I thought he had a really good game. Um, almost had a goal to open the scoring um, earlier in the game, and then had a couple of nice other chances too. You know, I, I thought he was very, very solid going down the list here. I, Jason Zucker thought he was good. You know, survived an injury scare. Looked like something was wrong, but you know, just got cut, cut up of his teeth or something like that. Had a high sticking penalty. Thought the officials weren't going to call it, but uh, they eventually did which was good. thought Kasperi Kapman was fine again. You know, didn't really notice anything bad that he did. I thought he had a couple of decent chances during the game. Also had a couple of nice passes. And apart from the course, I think in first three games of the season, I think he's playing at a decently high level, to say the least. Um, that go, That's basically it, though, for my positive performances. Everything else in my final segment is going to be negative on a player performance Based, and we're going to finish off the show also by looking at the bigger picture and why, at the end of the day, this is not that big of a deal. So stick around for that coming up in this final segment. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, Let's get into some bad performances from this game. And there are a whole lot. The whole top line was absolute dog water, as the kids say. You know, it's very, very rare when you see the top line shut down. I mean, tonight they got caved in, only had 36% of the shot attempts at 5v5 per natural stat trick after having well over like 70 against Tampa Lightning and basically close to that against the Arizona Coyotes as well on the ice for no goals for one goals against. Of course, that was the. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> that was the second goal when Sid and Jake out there. They only had 48% of the expected goals for and 47% of the scoring chances for. Absolutely dreadful night for that line. The best line that was on the ice for the Penguins was actually the Zucker Malkin restaurant line. 66% of the shot attempts at even strength. Uh 87% of the scoring chances. If you want a positive to build off of, 
it's that Malkin's been having Russ to help to start the year, which is big for him. And then Zucker is also playing a high level. But the top line stunk. Sid, very uncharacteristically off game. Uh, Jake Gensel, very quiet too. And then Ricard Raquel, um, not that good either. I think he needs to fire the puck a little bit more. Right now, I think he's just kind of being too cautious for my like. I know he had a goal against uh, Tampa on Saturday, but still want to see him fire the puck more because I really do enjoy his shot. Uh, let's just get the elephant in the room out of the way here. You all know me. You listen to this show. You know how I feel about Chris Latang. Top defense in the league. I will always be a Latang Colt simp. That said, I got to be objective. He stunk tonight. He was absolutely woeful. The stats say it. I'll get mad in a sec. The eye test says it. He was skating in mud. His decision-making was awful. Just turning pucks over on a shift-by-shift basis. Wasn't doing anything in the offensive zone. And you know what? This is par for the course sometimes during a season with number 58. I tweeted this during the game, and I'm going to say it to you all on here. Crystal Tang has five to seven games during the season, maybe a little more, eight to nine, 10 at the most. So 72 out of the 80. So 72 at least of the 82 where he's elite. The others, he's total crap. One of those games, the latter, you all saw tonight. He stunk. And the numbers, they back it up. If I come up here, when he was on the ice, Latang played eight to 18 minutes. The Penguins had 27% of the shot attempts. They also had... Um, if I can find this here, 24% of the expected goals, 30% of the of the scoring chances. That's gross. That's that's not Crystal Tang level numbers right there. I mean, that's that's bad. So he got one of those games out of the way. Maybe there's four to six more to go, but he was not good tonight, and he'll he'll rebound by Thursday. You can stamp it right there. Put a stamp on it. I'm serious. He's gonna be a lot better on Thursday. Um I got the top line out of the way. I got Chris Tang out of the way. Oh, Jeff Petrie, awful. You know, it was not a good return for him to Montreal at all. Uh, three penalties. The last one, um, that's the game winner to Kirby Doc. The second one I thought was kind of weak. It looked like an interference call, but I don't really know what the penalty was there. But, you know, can't take that penalty over time. It's, it's a track meet at that point. Malkin had just gotten a really good chance to get his hat trick. You can't be taking a a penalty to put your, your team in a really impossible situation, even against a team like Montreal, who doesn't have a good power play to begin with. But, you know, you, you can't be taking a penalty like that. He had a really rough game coming back there. That's for sure. I already touched on Brian Dumoulin. He looked pretty bad. Um, Jeff Carter didn't have a good game, in, in my opinion, either. I, I think those are the main ones that stood out to me in this one. Overall, again, a game that, you know, they got what they deserved. But at the same time, I feel like you also have to close out that game when you have the chance to with 2.30 left. They pulled the goalie. You you know you had issues last year with defending leads late in games that can't leak over to this year. And right now, they had their first one. It did. According to Bob Grove, this is actually the first time the Penguins have lost a multi-goalie going in to the third period in a regular season game since March of 2018 when they played the New York Rangers. This is something that does not happen super often when it comes to regular season game with, you know, blowing, you know, at least a two-goal lead in one period. They had their issues with one-goal leads in the third period last year, but, you know, this has usually not been a problem with two to three to even four-goal leads. So, 
We'll have to make some changes with that. Got, I mean, the, the, the first goal, you can't, and that's just a fluky one. Second goal again, got to be better with your deployment in that situation. Third goal, um, you got to take that pass away to Doc. He's standing right at the doorstep. Um, last but not least, I will say this. Some weird takes going around, you know, the universe right now. Some people saying that like, oh, well, you know, this is a worrying game for the Penguins because they are rested and they're playing a bad team. I mean, it's it's game three. It's a marathon. It ain't a sprint. You, you, you all know. You've been watching this team for as long as you all can remember. I'm the same way. They know when to wake up. This team doesn't usually play their best hockey. In October, November, they start waking up a little bit in December, January, February, they have some nice streaks. And then obviously in April, that's when they come alive, especially last year in the playoffs before it all unraveled due to the goaltending, but they still came alive when it mattered most. I'm not going to put too much stock into it. It's three out of 82. A game they should have won. Yes. Did they also get what they deserve at the same time? Also, yes. Would you also take five out of six points to start the season? You're damn right you would. You're absolutely right that you would. I know I would, and I'm happy that they're 2-0 and 1 right now. Obviously, 3-0 would be a lot better. I would love to have the 6 out of 6 points and defend that lead with two minutes left, but beggars can't be choosers. They're still in a good shape. they got Los Angeles coming up in a few days, so we'll have to see what happens. That game before they then, um, they have a massive road trip after that, and they, they, those will be a lot of good games out in Western Canada. So if I, had a, if I were a betting man, I think this team's going to play a lot better on Thursday. There's no need to freak out. Bad loss, yeah. Some concerning things, sure. The end of the day, though, it's mid-October. It's probably going to be nice out where you are tomorrow. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's getting a lot cooler where you are. But it's game three out of 82. It's nothing to worry about. So we'll have to see what happens on Thursday when they play the Kings. That does wrap up. This episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Let me know what you all think. You can leave a comment on YouTube. You can message me on social media and something like that. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I will talk with you all again on Wednesday when I do a full game preview for um, the fourth game of the season against the Kings on Thursday. Then I'll have a recap of that game um, after the game on Thursday night. And then Friday, I'll be previewing the road ahead for the Penguins. So, A lot of great content coming up for you all this week. Hope you keep it right here on Locked on Penguins. Um, Have a great rest of your day.